Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. The first Sunday of the new year. Any goal setters in the room? Do you do that? Write your goals out, commit your goals. You know, I've done all that kind of stuff, and, and I love it. Set my eyes on Jesus. Set your eyes on Jesus. Amen. That's my goal, too. But I do, you know, especially on Wednesdays, we're going to be kind of just getting down to some bare bones and some very practical ways to get what's in our hearts out of our hearts and minds and either on paper or verbalize it to other people and, and just get it in our hands where we can look at it and do something with it, where we can take what's in our heart and move it forward. And the, the whole month of January on Wednesday nights at 7, we'll be doing that. And, but today I just want to kind of set the tone like we talked about last week. We're going to go into 2015. Yes, write your goals, but make sure you're looking at it from the perspective of I'm already complete in Christ. These goals that I'm writing, I'm not trying to get God to give me things that I don't have. I'm not trying to accomplish things to get some kind of worldly gain. I'm not going to write my goals from a place of lack. In other words, this is what I want in my life because I don't have it, so I'm going to write a goal so I can get it. No, let's not create those kind of goals. The focus, and this is what I feel like God is saying specifically to me, and I think it will help you as well. The focus of our goals this year should be when they are manifested, God is glorified. That's what we want. The purpose of being intentional about anything is so that God would be glorified. Anything that we do, anything that we set our mind to, anything that we set our intention toward, anything that we put effort toward in the year 2015, I want the end result for all of us to be God's glorified. Amen? Amen. So it's not from a place of lack. He's already given you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He's made you great and precious promises so that you would be a partaker of His divine nature. And all His promises are yes and amen. He's given you His Spirit. In Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and Christ is in you. This is better than y'all are acting. There you go. <laughs> I know it's the rain. I'm up and down this morning too. It's all right. We'll just, we're in it together. But <clears throat> Jesus, you know, we, this are, that's the path. That's the goal of this place. Lead you down the path of discipleship where you trust God, where you believe God. You take the teachings of Christ and you apply them to your lives. I kind of threw it out last week, and I'm, I'm going to stick to this really throughout the whole year of 2015. If you look at the teachings of Jesus, there are just under 40 either direct teachings or directives that he gave. And then those all boil down to just about seven concepts. And the first one is believe. Believe on me as the Son of God, he says. Believe in the name of God. Believe on God. Trust God. I mean, it's, you know, we hadn't got the sign made yet, but that's, it's going to happen. Trust God. <laughs> that's what Jesus starts with. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent, change the way that you think. Believe the good news because the kingdom is here now. 
The new covenant is being established. The, the, the type of relationship that you can now have with the Father is changing where the prophecies are going to be true in that the Spirit of God dwells within you, which means now God is not holding your sin against you. God is removing your sin from you in Christ. That's where we are now. So what do we lack? <laughs> you know, we think we lack information. You don't need to learn one more thing. You've got the Spirit of God living in you Amen. to teach you. Amen. And it's, it's easier than you think. Hallelujah. You follow God better on accident than you ever tried to on purpose. Trust me, you do. We are built to follow God. We are recreated into the kind of being that is programmed knowing how to follow God. And we do it. I, I, if we could just pop out and just see the spiritual leading that we're experiencing, man, we probably follow God so many times and don't even recognize it. To me, that's encouraging. You know, you have this new heart that has God's law written on it. He's written His laws on your mind, and His law is the best way to live. Like when He would talk to the Israelites, He'd say, okay, this is the law. It no longer applies to us for righteousness, but he would say, if you do these things, it will produce life and peace in your life, and you will have health and all the land and you know, all this will go your way. That's what he's put within us. The best way to naturally live in this life as directed by God. And then he gives us a spirit to say, by the way, you're a child, you're my child, and I have good plans for you, and I want to lead you into these things. Y'all looking at me like y'all heard this before. <laughs> people don't know this. Yeah, that's funny. I'm telling you, people don't know this. Think about it. All the, you know, people that have been walking with God for a long time that you know, do they know this about God? Are they convinced in this? Or is it, yeah, but sometimes here comes the whack. Or sometimes God's going to lift his hand up. You know, you have grieved the Spirit of God, so He will leave you to suffer. Well, Jesus said, I'll never leave you. Amen. His anointing can't rub off because it's Him, and He's in there. To me, that's good news, and we have to know that, and we have to approach life from that perspective. But we are in this dimension. We are in this world as stewards over what He's placed in our hands, and man, I, 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 don't, I, wanna, I want to live life well. I want to live life to the degree where when I'm done with my day, people can look at it and say, wow, God is good. I'm inspired to trust God. Look what God did for him. Look what God's doing through him. Look what God is doing. Look what God can do. Do you want that? Yes. For God. Yes. You know, I mean, I, I went through a period where I first you know, learn who I was in Christ, and then you learn all this, and you read the Blanchard, Ken Blanchard books, and you read the Stephen Covey books, and it's like, I'm going to get my mind working for me, right? I'm going to get my mind affecting this realm, and I'm going to attract good things to me, and it's all about stuff that I'm going to get, right? In the name of God. But now it's like, oh, man, God, I know that what you want for me is far better than I could ever imagine for myself. Amen. All I want is to be led by you and to experience what you want for me so that the world would see how good you are. Amen. 
that's, what, that's the kind of goals I want to have. So whatever it is that you do, is it your intention that at the end of the manifestation, God's glorified? People look at him and say, people look at you and say, that's, I want what you got. I want whatever's going on. You're different. Something's happening. You know, however it's said. Even if they never even verbalize it. You know, people watch. People are watching. Us weird, spirit-led people. <laughs> people are watching. And they're watching, and they're watching. For years they'll watch. And then one day, hey, I've got a demon in my corner. I need some help. I see this happening. You're the only one I know who I can call. Or, hey, you know, I've lost everything. You're the only person I know that I could call. You came to my mind. You just never know, you know. And we sit there and we, we, we make experiencing the kingdom about our lack rather than being used by God to show the world how good he is. And when, when you can give up the selfishness, what he does is so much better than we could ever even think. Isn't it? I mean, how many of you experienced that? That's a lot of us. Good stuff. So believe, you know. Jesus says several times, all things are possible. He says several different ways. All things are possible for those who believe. He says, if you speak it, nothing will be withheld from you. If you use my name, the Father will do it. All these different ways, he says, anything is possible. And he says it in relation to being born again. He says it in relation to experiencing healing. Because, you know, sometimes we hear these phrases and it's like taken out of context and it doesn't really apply to what we try to stick it on. But this phrase, all things are possible, it's applied to many areas. It's applied to experiencing personally the benefits of the cross, healing, provision. It's applied to experiencing the kingdom in this realm, whatever that looks like for you. It's applied to living eternally with God. Truly, all things are possible. That phrase touches everything. It is appropriate and legal exegetically, or however you say that word, scripturally, to take that phrase and apply it to whatever it is that you want to see God do in your life. All things are possible. So that He would be glorified. Amen? I want to go into this year looking at the world from the perspective, I lack nothing. I don't need to achieve anything at all. I just want to be led by God to the degree that His kingdom is increased, to the degree that people come and know of His love. And you're free to dream in that type of environment. You're free to, to, to take the limits off and just trust Him. You're free to pray and then not have to tell Him how to answer the prayer. We do that, right? Like, Jesus, I need this, and this person over there has it. If they would give it to me, that's, that's the way I think it should work. Or, you know, I need this, I need this job, and this is open, and if you'd really make this happen, then I'd be happy. Then I'd have what I need. No, no, no. That may be the way that it ends up coming to pass in your life. But leave it up to Him. But believe. You know, I'm not saying just check out your will. Check out your 
cooperation with the Holy Spirit in this earth. You know, because there is a there is a kind of a theological standpoint that says everything that happens is just God's plan. And I'm just not going to do anything and I'm just going to accept everything that comes my way. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you take the responsibility to believe. I mean, what's it going to take for you to believe? To get to, through whatever it is that you have to believe through to see that kingdom promise manifest. What's it going to take for you? Is it going to take your wife showing up with divorce papers for you to change? Is it going to take the doctor telling you your lifestyle is so unhealthy that you're shaving years off of your life, you need to change? What's it going to take for us to do those things that we know that we need to do to be in a position for God to be glorified in our lives? Because that's what it's about. It's not about you doing the right thing to keep God happy as if you have to live a certain way to please Him. No, it's about stewarding what He's put in our hands and believing Him to follow Him through the process to let that grace empower us to change, to transform. Does that make sense? I, there are things that you know you need to change like yesterday. Are there not? Yes. And how many times have you tried to change? Nine, ten, 107, 7,215. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, we're our own worst critic. We just give up. Unfortunately, what we do is we get to the part where it's like, you know what? God loves me. I'm cool with that. I'm just going to accept this, and I've got heaven to look forward to. And we just accept the watered-down version that we've come to know of this life with God. God deserves better than that, I think. God deserves a group of people who will stand firm on this planet as an ambassador yes. of his message, of his son, of his kingdom, and believe in spite of the past. Believe in spite of the loss, the hurt, the heartache, the emotion that rises up every day that compels you to choose the wrong thing again and again and again and again. God deserves for you to believe him to be empowered beyond that. Not for righteousness, not so that he'll be happy with you, but so that he would get what he paid for. That he would be glorified. So Jesus says all things are possible. Even letting go of those emotions that rise up and lie to us and make us think that something's being said that's not being said. That's religion, and it's time to move on from that. Amen. You're free. And he says, in everything, all things are possible. They ask him, they said, what do we need to do to work the works of God? He said, believe. <laughs> I love that. He's like, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go out and you're going to heal people. You're going to cast out devils. And you are going to forgive people of their sins. Well, how do we do that? Believe. Well, how do I believe? Believe. believe. <laughs> but you know what? Believing means trusting. And, and, you know, the, the reason we focus on such foundational things in this church is because it, it, takes, it takes a process to change how you see God. I mean, it is a fundamental, 
core shift of how you see the world and God and yourself in the midst of all that. And it takes understanding the legality of the new covenant and who you are in that process so that when you know the truth and then you desire to follow God and the emotions rise up that start to contradict that because it makes you focus on yourself, you know, no, I'm going to reverse this. I'm going to enter into what real warfare is, and that is bringing all these thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, casting down vain imaginations. It's not that, oh, I've got to catch this demon and bring it and make it submit to Jesus. That's not what it's talking about. It's saying, no, what was Jesus obedient to? Death, the death of the cross. He was obedient to God. So I'm bringing these thoughts that, that contradict what I know to be the truth, what I know that God has promised me. I'm bringing those thoughts captive to the obedience of what Jesus accomplished. Jesus lived a life perfectly so that my sin could be removed and be put on him. Jesus was obedient to death so that he could pass through the grave and conquer the power of death so that I might live from what he earned and gained. We have to go there. We have to constantly repent, renew our minds, and change the way we think, focusing back on Jesus, being disciples of what he is and who he is. And the first thing he says is believe and, and not limit what can happen when we believe. See, because what we'll do is we'll limit what we... We limit to the degree that we feel qualified. We limit to the degree that we feel deserving. And our emotions are what dictate where we feel deserving. And the work that we need to do is not get myself right. The work that we need to do is meditate on the truth to the degree that it changes our emotions so that our abiding emotions are consistent with the truth. That's the work that we need to do. He says, all things are possible to those who believe. And then in Romans 10.10, 10, he says, it's with the heart that man believes unto justification or righteousness. So believing is a heart issue. So when stuff rises up that contradicts the truth, and it's like, no, Jesus. Now, my behavior might not match Jesus, and you might have to deal with that. You might have to make some choices. Exercise some self-control. Figure out how to operate in the spiritual gift of controlling my tongue. <laughs> That's the whole parable of the sower and the word, is that you've got the kingdom, and you experience it to the degree that you will let yourself based on the condition of your heart. That's tough. That's, tough. That's a tough responsibility, because that means that where I am with God and what I'm experiencing in my life has everything to do with where I am in my heart. And so that can make us feel like, oh, great, now I've got to go fix my heart. No. <laughs> Your heart will just do what it's influenced to do. So our work is this. Do whatever it takes to get a hold of yourself, get a hold of your emotions, get a hold of your thoughts, and get them focused on and in line with and experiencing the truth of what Christ has done within you. Amen. If you feel anything different than that, 
you're shortcutting the finished work of Christ in you. God's not mad at you over it. He's not holding your sin against you over it. He's just sitting back going, hey, you know what? I've already done everything. Are you going to believe me now? It's such a main tenet of Christ's teaching that he says it over and over and over and over. If you would just believe me, if you would just consider the miracle of the loaves. They, he fed 5,000 people. They were in a boat about to die. And Jesus rebukes them for not believing that he would protect them. And he says, the reason you're in this condition is because you didn't consider the last miracle I did for you. Think about that. Because when he did come through, you know, I hate that terminology, but I'm going to use it with air quotes. Y'all know it. <laughs> what does that mean? He was like, kind of means that. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? He rebukes them. Hey, you think you're going to die. It ain't going to happen. I'm upset with you. And the reason you're in this position is because the last miracle I did for you, you didn't take time to consider it and ponder it and let it sink down in your heart and get the gravity of what actually just happened. Hey, the Son of God fed us all with what could barely fit on that plate right here, and this whole hill is full of people. I think I'm going to meditate on that and think about that for a little while. I'm going to, I'm going to chew on that to the degree that it changes how I see this world. I'm going to chew on that to the degree that it it, it, it's, it writes on my heart something new that the next time I face something, I've got it in me to go back to, no, God is with me because I know it because I've experienced it. But are we going to do what it takes to get, to, to get our hearts to believe that? And that is work, but it's not a work to be accepted. It's not a work to make it happen. It's your responsibility to... Invest in yourself. Labor to enter into rest. Laboring to enter into the rest. And the laboring is the believing. What's it going to take for you to believe God? I'm still answering that question for myself. What's it going to take for you to get your life at a place where it's distraction-free enough where you believe God? So that you're convinced. Not so that you'll get your miracle. That might be a side benefit but so that God would be glorified. And what it means for God to be glorified, see, the word glory is the word doxa. The word glory, the very first, it take, in, in Thayer's Greek lexicon, it's like 11 pages to describe the word glory. <laughs> the very first definition is view and opinion. So God's glory is His view and opinion, the way He sees things. So for you to glorify God means that your life looks like the way that He actually sees it. Healed, delivered, free from the power of sin, provided for, representing Him well in this earth, preaching the gospel, making disciples, all the stuff that Jesus said to do, as we do them, empowered in His grace, He's glorified because then our life looks like the way He thinks it should look like. Now see, spiritually, He looks at you and He sees Christ. Christ is in you. That's what he sees. Outwardly, he's given us grace so that we will walk in that, so that we will reflect outwardly what he's done to us inwardly. That, that's Christianity. You want to boil it down to what you're supposed to be doing? That is this. Renew your mind 
so that you are continually transformed, that you behave outwardly like you've already been remade inwardly. That's pretty much it. You can come to church one week and learn what Christianity is about and never come back again and be fine. I mean, you know, so what this is for is encouragement, remembering, fellowship, worship. You're not coming here to learn, right? You're coming here to remember. Because you've got the Spirit of God in you who's already taught you everything. You have the mind of Christ. What do you not know? What does Christ not know? Amen. I mean, you know, life is just too much about gathering information. It's not working. Let me go learn something else. See, and man, and, and we, we, we think with the wrong set of information anyway. Yeah. We think with a carnal logic. It's like trying to do calculus. Insert something else than calculus. <laughs> I mean, you know. It's like I'm going to use the recipe for baking brownies to do calculus today. It's just the wrong set of information. It's not going to make sense. That's, that's, when, we, when we talk about and want to walk out the things of God and we're using carnal worldly logic, it's, it's the wrong kind of information to have in our head to think on. I mean, does that make sense? Spiritual information, spiritual mindedness is life and peace. It's think on what's above. Not, hey, what's going on up there, but what's higher than where I am now. That is, I'm free from the power of sin. That is, I'm, I am delivered. I am delivered from the power of darkness and already translated into His kingdom. That's what's above. That's what's higher than this plane of existence. That's what I'm going to take the time to think about. And when you do, I promise you, it will produce fruit in your life and it will empower you and you will experience the blessing that he has for you. You know, I had a very dark time in my life, hearing voices, possessed, the whole nine yards. I didn't have Christ. I wasn't born again and entered into this state of deception. And it was so filled with fear. I mean, I, I, I don't know that, you know, it, fear is very tangible when you think you're dead and in hell already. And it's just going to get worse for you. I mean, there's an element of fear that I don't know that some people really grasp. And I'm not saying I've got the corner on the market on fear. I'm not trying to. But it's like, so having experienced something like that, I mean, to the point where the sh a shadow scares me to now being at a place where th there, is n there is not one thing that could happen to me that robs my confidence in the eternal life that I have from God. <coughs> There's not one thing that makes me fearful about God. It, it, there's, a, there's a transformation that happens. And, and so what I used to do is I would sit, you know, I, let, I found these few scriptures, especially Colossians, and I quote it all the time in here, but it still means something to me. I mean, I would sit there and I would read over and over and over and over and over and over. Colossians, you have been qualified to be partakers of his inheritance of the saints in light. You have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. 
And I would sit and just think about that. I, I didn't, you know, it was before I went to church. It was before I was taught you're supposed to do that. <laughs> it was like before I felt like I was fulfilling an obligation. All I knew was like, man, this makes me feel better. I'm going to think about this for a while. And, and somehow I just knew it was true. So you don't, you don't need to be convinced that the, the truth is true. A lot of Christians do that. It's like, well, what is the truth? You know the truth. You do, because you've got Christ in you. You've got no excuse to not know what the truth is. It's just what layers of emotion and religion and focus on this external world are you allowing to cover up what the truth really is? Is that good stuff? So, I, you know, I pray that you are inspired to believe that anything can happen. I want you to desire the blessing of God so profoundly, driven by the motivation that others are compelled to believe Him, that you do whatever it takes to trust God. You find out what deception you're believing and let it go. Because the truth is, he's not withholding anything from you. You find out what it is that you're spending your time on that's programming your mind to have doubt toward God. And you eliminate it from your life. You find out what health hindrances you're doing because of the kinds of foods that you're eating that rob your energy from getting out there and telling people about the love of God. I mean, it's not about doing things to make God happy. You understand? You understand what I'm saying? It's like... This is your body. What are you going to do with it? This is your temple. These are your resources. This is what's in your hand. Are you going to put the kingdom first and honor what he's done and live where there is like you're a clean vessel free of distraction and hindrance to let him fully manifest himself in your life? Let's do that. I don't know what it's going to take for you. I'm not even sure what it's going to take for me because we're all limiting God. We're all believing in certain areas that he's holding out because we get mad when we don't see it, right? The devil even did it to Jesus. If you really are the Son of God, you'll perform to prove it. It's like, <laughs> he don't have to enter into that to prove. He knows who he is. I, we know who we are, Right? Let's live from it, inspired by it, not doubting who we are, not limiting what we know God wants to do and can do through us, and do what it takes to believe Him. And if you, if you, if you feel a sense of obligation in that, just change it to the point where it's like, I just want, I just want Jesus to get what He paid for. I want God to be famous in this earth for the character of what he really is. And I'm tired of the world looking at God and filtering it through religion and the dumb stuff that we've said about what he's doing to us. Y'all, all right, I know I'm, I'm kind of fired up. But it's just like, oh man, I, I don't, I'm, I'm tired of limiting God. He deserves better in every area. Absolutely every area of your life can reflect the glory of God. Wow. Could you Jesus. Could imagine what life would look like 
Yeah, that's the thing. Let's imagine that. <coughs> Jesus prayed, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hmm. What? You mean that's possible? Yes. You know, don't, don't, don't walk out of here with the sense of, oh my God, I'm not doing anything with my life. That, that's not the point. Walk, walk out of here inspired that, you know, yes, I want you to take responsibility over your life. Imagine that. Gosh, I'm, I, I, I really do love y'all. I know today's kind of... <laughs> I'm a lot nicer than this for the visitors that are here for the first time. I'm talking to myself, too, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like Carrie said, here's what, here's how I think we can begin, or not begin, but just, you know, extenuate this process of transformation that we're already in, and that is act on inspiration. If you are in any situation and you are inspired to encourage this person, you're inspired to leave a big tip. You're inspired to call that person, send them a text. You're inspired to whatever it is. If it's godly, if it's biblical, if it's good, encouraging, just do it. Okay, but if I write that check, then I won't be to this. Well, just take that logic out and put in a spiritual logic and believe it will produce life and peace. And trust God. Do it and trust God. Quit questioning. Because blessing will follow it. Blessings will chase you down when you follow God. We're trying to figure out how to hear God. You hear Him every day. You hear those subtle things that rise up in your heart. And they're so little. But little things add up. And they become big things. And you trust Him in the little You'll expand your heart to the degree where you'll trust Him in the big. Next thing for you, writing a $20 check is writing a $20,000 check. And 20000 is just a number just like two used to be. Because God can do anything through you that you come into agreement with and let Him do. Man, I'm challenged myself. And I'm encouraged. And, 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 you know, I'm not, I, my, myself, I'm pre, like Sarah said, I'm preaching to myself. I'm not coming out of here thinking, oh, my gosh, I've got to do all these things. It's one day at a time, and we're going to act on inspiration. If you ask God to inspire you, he will. Just act on it. Well, I challenged the first service. What if we do that? What if for the next year we do this experiment? And you just start doing the things that rise up in your heart that are good and godly and, you know, mature. Y'all want to do that? I mean, let's just be the church, the experiment church that just acts on what we feel like is a good thing to do for people, especially toward other people. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to trust you. We thank you for the opportunity to trust you. We thank you that you have delivered us from the power of darkness and you've placed us into your kingdom. 
You've given us your spirit. You're constantly reminding us that we're your children. You've made us promises so that we could partake in your nature. You've given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. We repent from limiting you and open our hearts to let you increase the kingdom through us. We just want to be led by you, Lord. We want the world to know how good you are. We want our family to experience what it's like to be led by God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, there's just this song that uh, that I heard a long time ago, and I just want to sing a little bit, a little part of it, and it just always stirs uh, something in me. So I just wanted to sing it over you guys while you are thinking about offering and blessing and this new year. So exceedingly, abundantly, above all. All you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. God is able to do just what he said he would do. He's gonna fulfill every promise to you. Don't give up on God, cause he won't give up on you. He is able. So Father, we thank you that you are able to do abundantly above all we could ask or think or imagine in every area of our life, in our finances, um, in our families, in our, our work, in our relationships, in our friendships, in our dreams, in our visions, God. And we just commit uh, to, to, to stay in faith, God, to continue to just trust you and just believe that you can do abundantly above all we can even imagine, God. And we're thankful that we get to see that. And, and we're thankful, God, that as we do that, our relationship with you just builds and is, is enjoyable. And we just get to experience you and all the blessings and all the goodness that is found in you, Jesus. You know me pray. Amen.